Welcome to Underground at the Showcase, the official podcast of the Underground Music Showcase and a production of Youth on Record. I'm associate producer Xavier Goche. In this episode, my co-host Chloe Hines and I sat down with Martin Berlongo, the frontman singer of Fruta Brutal. Performing in Denver, New Orleans, and South America exposed Martin to various styles that influenced his music. Fruta Brutal's latest EP, Madre Serpiente, which was co-produced by Grammy Award-winning producer Mac Major and Denver-based Naoma producer Danny Pata, showcases the band's signature sound. Before we jump into the interview, please like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's take a listen to the title track from their latest EP, Madre Serpiente.
Hi, welcome to Underground at the Showcase, the official podcast of the Underground Music Showcase and a production of Youth on Record. I'm Xavier Goche. And I'm Chloe Hines. Amazing music, uh, as always, as we already knew. Um, thank you for being here with us. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So to get started off, you're based here in the States. You, at, As we spoke before the podcast, you were born in Ecuador moved to Miami at the age of seven, you said, uh, and then moved to Denver at 10. Yeah. Uh, actually I moved to Boulder with my family when I was 10. Um, my dad did his PhD at CU. So we, they are still living close to Boulder or in the outskirts of Boulder, but I'm living in Denver okay. since 2020 moved here during the pandemic. Oh, wow. Okay. So you kind of grew up in Boulder. Yeah, uh, up until high school. And then I left, went to New Orleans, went to college there, lived in South America for a while. And then I was like, I want to be closer to family. Uh, I have two little brothers that would just like grow up so quickly. Um, so I felt like I was missing out on that. And I moved back um, in 2018, first to Boulder for a little bit. And then and during the pandemic, I came to Denver. Nice. Yeah. Um, so being here based in the States, um, you sing or a lot of your songs are in Spanish. Um, why is it important for you to write in Spanish? Yeah. Um, well, since I'm from Ecuador, I grew up with Latin American music and I think it's like really, first off, I love Latin American music. And I think for me, it's important for my identity as an artist and also just as a person to, um, connect with that Latin American side of myself. And I think Latin American music is really potent. Um, and also some songs just make more sense if they're sung in Spanish. Certain melodies just sound better in the Spanish language. So I, I guess like a few, a good amount of reasons. Also the message in Fruta Brutal is pro-immigration. Um, a lot of the time for fellow Latino Americanos, the population, I feel like I can speak strongest for it since I'm Latin American, but it, it has uh, this message of cultural diversity and protecting that and fighting for that. Kind of pivoting off of that, is there a specific Latin artist that you feel kind of exemplifies that same message of like pro-immigration that inspired uh, you? Yeah, a contemporary artist that inspired me, they are based in Kansas City. Um, I think there's a Mexican in the band. There's a Panameño y Venezolano in the band. They're called Making Movies. Um, I think they've performed in Denver a few times, but they're much more radical, I would say, than Fruta Brutal. They're like kind of almost a protest band, kind of like the Mocochetas and Pink Hawks here. They, they also have that like protest side. Um, but one of my biggest influences of all time is Gaetano Veloso. He's a, a Brazilian artist, uh, and he started a whole movement called Tropicalia along with Gilberto Gil and Os Mutanchis, um, they kind of spearheaded this movement that um, emerged during the dictatorship in Brazil. So it was a response to this dictatorship. Um, it was subversive music. It's not like other Latin American music, like from Chile and Argentina, that's like really in your face protest music. Um, but it still had its like subversive messages and you just have to read into the lyrics a, a little more like i feel like their music is more playful um than other protest music from south america what really inspired me was the way that they would like um synthesize styles they make so, you like read in between the lines a little bit yeah in the it. lyrics they make you read in between the lines and then they're like playing 
um, Beatlesque arrangements with like samba rhythms, and so they're like merging this world. Back then, uh, rock and roll was the pop of the day, so they were kind of taking pop and merging it with like rural um, and also really popular popular Brazilian styles, and just created this really interesting sound. Um, which is kind of what I've been trying to do with Fruta Brutal, in, in a sense, at least scratching the surface of what they did, um, of combining stuff. That's fantastic. So you also want to utilize that kind of like poppier, more subtle vibe. Yeah, I'd say like, uh, I call it like, uh, I call our genre like indie rock pop okay. or indie Latin rock pop. Okay. Um, it's kind of like some songs are almost same Impala-esque, and then I try to combine them uh, the same repertoire with like, I don't know, a rock salsa reggaeton thing. No, that's really <laughs> impressive. The, you know, <laughs> kind of intertwining that new age digital music, um, you know, synthesizers. It's yeah. poppy. You can dance to it. But also with the subtlety of like your roots. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And uh, like you said, you lived in New Orleans for a bit of time. Speaking of culture, uh, I'm originally from Louisiana as well, mm. Baton Rouge. Um, cool. And, you know, being from Baton Rouge, I know that Louisiana has a ton to offer in terms of culture and different music styles um, from hip hop to R&B to Zydeco to bluegrass or whatever else it might be. Mm -hmm. um, during your time there, did anything that was in New Orleans inspire you uh, in your music? So much, yeah. Um, I just got my butt kicked all the time at jazz clubs, <laughs> uh, trying to keep up with the other other jazz musicians. I, I was mostly, well, I minored in, in guitar performance, jazz performance, and I majored in Latin American studies. Um, Where'd you go to school, by the way? Loyola University, okay, New nice. Orleans. Uh, they have a great music program. And I was playing, at some point I was playing in like five different bands. Um, and had shows downtown in the French Quarter pretty often and just quickly came to realize like just how much harder I would have to work if I were to compete with these jazz musicians that just grew up with it. But it was deeply inspiring and it just pushed me to play um, at, a, at a good level, at yeah. a level where I feel happy with. Not, not at the superstar jazz level, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's not really necessary for the type of music I'm, I've decided to create. Yeah. And being right. in that environment, it really does push you to study other people's craft and, you know, yeah. explore your own and become better. Completely. Yeah. As a former jazz musician myself, I completely understand <laughs> where you're coming from. It is definitely yeah. hard to compete with people who, and this is somebody who like grew up in Louisiana. I've listened to jazz my entire life, but I didn't really get into creating jazz music mm -hmm. or studying it until high school. So I had to compete with people who had been studying jazz theory like their entire lives. And I was like, God, this is not yeah. my realm. I, maybe yeah. I'm out of my league. But like you said, it did push me a little bit farther have having been, to study something that hard and that intense. Have you been a spotted cat on uh, Frenchman Street? I No, nah, not recently, at least. That's like the ultimate spot. Like yeah. You go there and you hear some of the best jazz musicians in the world for five dollars. Yeah. And New Orleans is just kind of crazy like that. Yeah. Like you hear some of the be best jazz musicians in your life, like on the street. Yeah. On the street. Too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, do you have any topics that you like to write about or avoid writing about in your songs? My topics are all over the place. Uh, 
I have a song about the digital world that I wrote during the pandemic. Um, and just like how the digital world is becoming part of human nature in a weird way because of our behaviors around our phones and everything. Uh, I have a song about vampires, which is, I think, the most fun song to perform to date. Um, and that song I, is Cultura Vampira, Cultura right? Vampira. Yeah. Yeah. And Digitality is the digital world one. Um, then I have Madre Serpiente, which we just listened to, which is about uh, changing skin um, and just going through transformations, different phases in life. So it's more of like a spiritual song. Um, my song Viva, that's the one that has more of the message of um, celebration of cultural diversity. It's a bilingual song and it just talks about my travels through South America um, and encountering Carnaval in Brazil, which was very transformative. Uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans is insane. Yeah. In Brazil, it's like level two of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can imagine. I was going to say, yeah, you guys have Carnival and that's got to be amazing to be. Yeah. I, I was in the Virgin Islands for a little bit of time. So I got to experience just a little side of that culture. But can yeah. you speak about that? Like that, how that experience was being in South America? Yeah. Uh, well, in South America, after or towards the end of my college uh, time in college, I went to study in Buenos Aires. I was there for nine months and was deeply influenced by the rock and roll there, um, which was also subversive, or it came from a subversive place. There was dictatorship that was pretty rigid in Argentina as well. Um, so rock and roll kind of has that background and it captivated me in that sense. Um, and the name Fruta Brutal is actually a reference to uh, these subversive movements that emerged in Latin America. I see them as like cultural fruit that ripens at a time of brutality. So it's like this uh, Argentinian rock movement and also the Tropicalia movement I was talking about with Gaetano Veloso. They're kind of like these fruits that have ripened um, and matured through these times of oppression. That's amazing. Um, so that's, yeah, that's where the name comes from. It's not like a carnivorous pineapple or anything like that. <laughs> But uh, Fruta Brutal has that meaning. Um, and so I started my South American uh, journey there. After I studied in Buenos Aires, I traveled for around for six months around South America. Started in Argentina, went to Chile, then back to Ar Argentina and then Brazil. And I hit Brazil right when Carnaval was happening. So I saw like people on the floats and just like marching and dancing in the streets and it was raining one of the days, which is what inspired the song. I'm like talking about being at Carnaval while it's raining and just like letting loose with everybody, just like with a ginormous population of people that come together for these really uh, special cultural gem moments um, that are really beautiful. So it's that. And then I went through Bolivia, uh, Chi no, Bolivia, Peru, and then I finished in Ecuador. It was, a, it was a big trip and I, I wouldn't do it the same again. I would go with a bigger budget because I was camping out. I had my guitar with me and I think I slept in my tent more than staying at hostels or anything like that. So I wouldn't do it again, but I'm very glad I did it. Yeah. Do you think there were any benefits to doing it that way? Um, I love nature, being out in nature a lot. Um, that's important to me. That was definitely uh, a huge benefit to it. Also, I don't know if I would have gone to so many rural towns if I hadn't done it that way and met just like people from these towns uh, just playing 
guitar in the streets, things like that. It was really special as well as going to the cities. But yeah, I don't think I would have gone to as many rural towns because you can't really camp out in the city. That's true. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> it, was there, were there any natural, you say you love nature and being yeah. out, um, were there any specific nature spots that like really captivated you or yeah. now they're your favorite places to kind of be? Um, in Patagonia, which is South Argentina and Chile, it actually has pretty similar terrain to Colorado. It's just has more lakes and is more humid. That was really beautiful. I loved Iguazu Falls. That's um, bordering Argentina, uh, Paraguay and Brazil. And there's just like the most impressive waterfalls you could imagine, but it's really populated. It's very touristy there, but you just have to go early, wake up really early. and it's a wonderful experience. Love that. Yeah. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Underground at the Showcase, an official podcast of UMS and a production of Youth on Record. We're here with Martine from Fruit Up Brutal. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. How do you see or how do you want to see the Denver music scene change? And then um, a little bit deeper, how have you seen it change? Or, uh, and also, how does that compare to your experience in New Orleans? Um, I'm pretty new to the scene here. Like I said, I moved here 2020, everything was shut down. Um, and I actually, what has been great about the scene here is connecting to other Ecuadorian artists. Um, there's Naoma. She's a pretty big local artist. She's from Ecuador. Um, but she lives in Denver. And then Dani Pauta, who produces for me as well. He's in her band and he produces for her. And also Fuya Fuya performed yesterday. Mm -hmm. She's another Ecuadorian artist. Um, I think she's going to be on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and so it feels like building a cool Ecuadorian community, not being in Ecuador, but like having um, that connection here in Denver has been really special for me. Um, and it seems like the Latin American music scene in Denver is pretty happening and prominent and I'm really happy that the UMS is making an effort to extend invitations to us as Latin American artists. Um, I think there's a lot of Latin American artists on, on the lineup, including Iscali, Mocochetes. So that's really cool to see in, and especially since these bands are also doing more experimental things, it's not like they're bringing just like a salsa, traditional salsa group to perform at the UMS. It's more like indie, um, maybe pop, maybe rock, you know, Latin American artists. That in New Orleans, honestly, I didn't see that much. I saw more of like the traditional cumbia band or salsa band, merengue, which was still great. I love that music, but I like to see the experimentation and the openness in this music scene. Nice. And uh, going through your website, I've seen that you've worked with Iskali before. Uh, how was that? Yeah, we performed, uh, we opened for them at the Levitt Pavilion. They have like a yearly event that they do at the Levitt. This year was like super spectacular. They had dancers, folkloric dancers, and it was a whole production. Um, but playing at the Levitt was awesome. That's the biggest stage we've played at. And yeah, the sound was so good. It's like after you play with such good sound, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, speaking of playing in an amazing space. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about your band members yeah. and yeah. maybe uh, how, you know, 
their culture fits into Fruta Brutal as well? So Zoe, uh, Zoe Moff, our bass player, she's the bassist for many bands. She's way too busy, but we're lucky to have her um, in Fruta Brutal. She's Argentinian. Um, and she's just a joy to have on stage. She just moves around the whole time uh, and just has the best bass lines and bass tones. Ben Wadich is on synth. I think he's perform performing four times in the UMS, this this UMS. Yeah, we you spoke to, to Ben them? yesterday. Oh, cool. And yeah, he said yeah. he's got a lot going yeah. on. <laughs> well, he's really talented. So, um, And then we have Mikael Stali. Um, his family's from Switzerland, and somehow he plays Latin American music really well. So, quartet. Um, I yeah. want to know more about like your artistic process. Do you have like a ritual or routine that gets you in the mood for creativity? So a big thing for me that I've been working on is recording um, my voice. I'm not like, I feel like when I'm performing in front of people, I sing much better. It's much harder for me to get in that zone when I'm in the studio or like when I'm uh, in a closet that I've just like decked out with a bunch of blankets and things like it's hard for me to like really feel the song yeah um so I have a little ritual where I just like light a little candle and then <laughs> um sing along to some of my favorite tracks by other artists to warm up and then usually that that I get there eventually maybe after a lot of takes sometimes it takes more than others but um, that's been a big part of the process. I've been recording everything remotely, working with um, Mac Major from New Orleans uh, as the primary producer. And then I also work with Dani Bauta here in Denver. So it's all been remote. Um, I think for the de debut album, it's all going to be remote recordings. Um, I'm pretty happy with how they're sounding, but I do want that like live feel for the sophomore album. Do you think it really has impacted it? being remote yeah i feel yeah i mean in the studio when you're playing with people or like even if we were to do just the instrumentation um sections like that and having live drums and playing as a band that would be a totally different experience than me just like making demos making really amateur beats passing that over to mac who's an amazing drummer he makes it sound way better but it, there's still not that like um humans in the same space playing music together so i do think that the recordings lack that and i want I, I well maybe some songs don't but i think some songs would just like be elevated if we had that option do you normally record just from home or are there any studios you like to go to in denver yeah I, i've just been recording from home um both the producers i work with have home studios so i've done a little bit of work with them uh, Dani Pauta has had on uh, Road Studios, and that's pretty recent that he moved into this house. It's, a, it's just like in his basement, um, and we're going to start recording there pretty soon. So I'm excited about that. Nice. And Very excited to hear it. He's a wonderful producer for you young artists. Um, if you want to work with someone that really knows what they're doing, I, yeah, hands down recommend Dani Pauta. He's amazing. Nice. Um, so speaking of this new era that we're living in where we have to send all these demos all over the place and get files from other places and things like that, obviously the music industry is changing um, and it's changing really quickly. Uh, 
So we went from, you know, music moving to streaming from regular album sales to TikTok, making people more famous. And now we have AI to compete with. Um, So how do you navigate, you know, such a changing world and changing industry um, as a Latin artist? Um, It's a good question. It's a really hard question. I feel like a lot of independent artists are struggling because it's also so saturated. We're just getting, I don't know how many songs are put out in one day, but I think it's around the tens of thousands or something crazy like that. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It is overwhelming to think about. Luckily, I don't have an insane amount of pressure on my music. I do other work to pay the bills. I work as a translator, interpreter, linguist, also media producer and educator. So I feel like I'd be under a lot more stress and pressure if I was paying the bills just with music. But maybe that would drive me to like, produce songs every day or something, you know, because I do take a long time uh, to put music out there. I think that's been one of my biggest challenges as an artist. Um, I'm maybe not as prolific as others in terms of like writing a song a day or like producing a song a week. Um, I think that consistency is really important. And what I've been trying, what I'm going to try to do after putting out this EP is just have that monthly consistency of putting out singles um leading up to the debut album so almost every song from the album is already going to be released (laughs) and then i'll just release um the album with three songs that maybe haven't been released before and one the title track which will be cinema dolori delicia so um yeah i'm still figuring it out i definitely i'm trying to i'm i should be asking you all actually i'm sure you all have heard from other artists potentially that have good res- a good response to that question. <laughs> well, I mean, do you feel like the forced consistency or I guess the need on social media or, you know, to continue releasing music, do you feel like it dampens your creativity or? A recent thing that I've seen, I don't think it dampens creativity. Um, Like when I say consistency, I I think it's more of like putting music out in the world rather than like being consistent on social media. I think if you catch a listener's attention on Instagram or something, they see one of your ads or something for a new song, then the main thing that you want is for you to have your top content that the first thing they see is your top content on on your profile. Let's say like you pin uh, your three favorite posts at the top of your Instagram profile, because that's what you want people to see at first, because um, you'll you'll catch their attention. And then if they see that content that is just really high level, then maybe they'll become a fan. And so it's kind of like going through that filtration process, I think. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure. Been such a pleasure for me. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Youth on Record. Yeah, of course. You can find Fruta Brutal's music wherever you stream your tunes and on Instagram at Fruta Brutal. We want to give a big thanks to Meininger Art Supply for letting us record season two at their store on North Broadway. Learn more at www.meininger.com. Underground at the Showcase is an official podcast of the Underground Music Showcase and a production of Youth on Record. You can learn more about Youth on Record at www.youthonrecord.org and on social media at Youth on Record. This episode was edited and mixed by me. Our production team also includes Cesar Ibarra, Ryan Conora, Chloe Hines, and Emerson Olson. Our executive producer is David Layden. 
Our theme song was recorded by Genevieve Glimp, Danny Akery, and David Layden. Additional music for this episode is provided by me. You can find my music on streaming platforms under Black Key, that's B-L-V-C-K-Q-I. Thank you again for listening. I'm Xavier Goche, and this is Underground at the Showcase. Thank you.